Welcome to the seventh episode of Making a Racket. I am Nathan Lee here with Sean Doherty. Today we're going to preview the French Open. Rafa Nadal, Novak Djokovic, Iga Sviatek, Ash Barty, Arena Sabalenka, Stefano Tsitsipas, all of the possible contenders for this year's French Open. Nadal going for his 21st Grand Slam title. If Nadal were to win, which he, you know, he should, it would break the tie between him and Roger Federer at 20 Grand Slam titles. Nadal would win his 14th French Open, extending his record. But first, I would like to say we had Tyler Stewart and we interviewed him earlier, but we were not able to get the file properly. And due to technical difficulties, we are not able to publish that. We apologize greatly to him. We had advertised that we were going to do this. We apologize greatly to people who were listening for that. Just uh, what I would like to say, and I mean, I, I would just gloss over it, but I really can't. Kind of have to get out in front of it. Um, I'd like to say, be prepared. Um, understand what platform you're dealing with. Understand um, how how things work. I guess is without being insanely specific. That's that's how to describe kind of what happened. I just um, overlooked how the platform works. How it you know uploads recordings, and I kind of kind of bit us. So. It's on, it's on my end. I apologize, Tyler. It was great to talk to him. Tyler won the UIL 6A Boys Single State title, the first player from Midland ISD to win a singles title of any gender. He didn't just win the state tournament. Frankly, he dominated the state tournament. He lost the first set in the semis and finals, but went on to pretty much dominate anyway. It was actually interesting how he mentally regrouped. He's going to go to Abilene Christian in the fall. He just graduated Midland High on Friday. Congratulations to him on that. At ACU, he'll major in finance and, of course, play tennis there. All the best to Tyler. We hope to have him later on, and hopefully um, the file will actually be uploaded. So um, without further ado, let's go into the rest of the podcast where Sean and I preview the French Open. The men's side is pretty clear, Sean. I think we can all agree there. Nadal should win it all. He's in peak form now, too, peaking at the right time. But what do you think of his draw? You know, Nadal, he, um, his draw's not too bad. He, he might have to play Yannick Sinner in the fourth round, depending on how Sinner does, and I guess depending on how Nadal does, even though we pretty much know how Nadal's going to do. Rip whoever's in his side of the draw, but... Right. You know, he'll have to play Djokovic in the semis if the seeds do the best out of their group. Djokovic doesn't have a straight line path, but I mean, if it was back in 2009, he'd have Federer, but this is 2021 and Federer is not quite looking to win the French. I'm thinking it's going to be Nadal and Djokovic in the semis. Yeah. Federer is the eight seed. He's in Djokovic's quarter. Um, but yeah, he's not, he, he actually admitted that he's not really, he doesn't expect to win the French. He doesn't think he'll win it and he really shouldn't. Um, 39 years old, a few months away from turning 40 and has played just two tournaments the last few months. Um, and he won a match in one of them, not, not quite in Geneva, but, um, I agree though with 
Yeah, Djokovic does seem to have an easy draw too, I think. So that should be a pretty clear-cut road to the semis. I do feel bad for Sinner and Karatsev. So I think Nadal actually has a tougher draw than some of the top seeds do. And I think if it was, you know, Zverev, I think they would really not like that draw. They'd be they'd be kind of like, uh, it's not horrible, but this is definitely not what I wanted. But uh, for Nadal, it's just kind of like, okay, I don't care what you put in front of me. I'm just going to win anyway. But Djokovic seems to have a mostly straightforward draw as well. And I do think he's a clear-cut number two because I think he's playing very good tennis too. I mean, we saw him as much as we saw Nadal in Rome. We also saw Djokovic in Rome, what he was able to do. And that was impressive in its own right. But you do have, I think Matteo Berrettini is an interesting one that could give Djokovic fits in the quarters. That's who I identify. Uh, Berrettini getting all the way to the final Madrid, uh, only third round in Rome, but it was to Pass, who I think is another good one. Djokovic, to me, that's a tougher one. For him, everyone else, I don't really think about too much. And I'm looking through this draw, and there's definitely tougher quarters than others. I think Zverev and team mostly on a crash course for the quarters, although Casper Ruud, I think, could get in the way of team, especially. You've got guys like Bautista Gu who are just tough anyway. How about the draw? How about Daniel Medvedev? We know he doesn't play well on clay. He'd be projected to play Sitsipas in the quarters. The thing is, I don't think he'll even get that far, so I think Sitsipas. What do you think about his draw? Just looking at it all the way down. Oh, man. I don't think he could have asked for a better draw. Not having to deal with Djokovic nor Nadal until the finals, potentially the finals. It's... I think if there's any time for him to get to a final and try to win it, it would be this tournament. He's shown how good he is on clay. He lost to Djokovic in the 2020 French Open. And I, I don't think he's going to be able to defeat Nadal. But if Nadal gets upsetted by Djokovic and they have a grueling match, then that's definitely feasible for Sitsipas to take it. I didn't really think of that. He pretty much did a very similar thing. He did the same thing in 2015 where he actually beat Nadal 5-3-1, and one, actually made Nadal maybe the only time in his career look defeated, look just completely out of it. Nadal was in an off year, though, but still, Djokovic pulled it off. It wasn't even difficult, but then had a five-setter with Murray beat him in the semis and lost to Wawrinka in four sets in the final. So yeah. this is, it's not like if you beat Nadal, you win. As a matter of fact, no nine. Robin Soderling beat Nadal in the fourth round, ended up getting all the way to the final, but then he lost to Roger Federer, Federer's only um, French Open. Uh, Federer's only French Open, right. So yeah, I, I actually think that could be Sitsipas, the best straw of the guys in the French Open, or at least of the contenders. I guess what you could call contenders in the French Open. Kind of have to grade on yeah. the curve there a little bit on everybody, not Nadal. But the men's draw is pretty clear clear cut, though. Uh, Alexander Zverev, Dominic team should play each other in the other bottom half quarterfinal. A lot of interesting guys, but it's sometimes hard to analyze it without just feeling fruitless. Like it's like it it's, doesn't really matter. None of it matters, <laughs> right? So it's more for the women. <laughs> that's true and we'll take a quick break and when we come back we'll get to the women's draw that's a lot more wide open although still some very clear-cut favorites 
You know how I said we're boneheads? Well, guess what? We actually started talking for the second half. Something else happened with our platform. This is a different one, but not because of it. Because of, you know, Wi-Fi this time. Let's just say we figured out we weren't actually recording. You're going to hear us talk about uh, Barty, Sviatek, and Sabalenka. Um, imagine all of that realizing you didn't record it. Although I guess it pales in comparison to what we did with Tyler. So, um, once again, be prepared, children. But at least we have something. So, here's what we got. This is the seventh episode of Making a Racket, the French Open preview. Welcome back to the seventh episode of Making a Racket. We're previewing the French Open and, and we're looking at the women's draw. And we agree on three pretty clear cut favorites Ashley Barty, Igish Fiatek, and Arena Sabalenka, probably in that order. Um, based on what we've seen this clay court season. Barty is number one, though, even though didn't actually win any of the bigger, uh, any of the two big clay court tournaments. We've seen her get to the final Madrid. We've seen her consistently play well in the clay. We saw her get to the quarters in Rome, withdrew because of the right elbow injury against Coco Golf. Really, probably not a bad injury, but it once again, looking ahead to the French. So to me, I'm looking at Barty's draw. And I don't see a whole lot in front of her that looks too scary, but maybe it's not the best draw either. What, what do you think of it? Yeah, I, I mean, I look at the players in the draw, and there are, I mean, there are players that can beat her, but I just, with her mental fortitude, I don't see her losing to any of the players until she gets to the semis. And then... I just there's not really uh, a dominant player that has proven themselves to be able to take on a French Open champion. I I think I would think that maybe Jen Brady would be one of those people. However, uh, probably Clay not the best surface. Coco Goff is an interesting one, but again, seventeen years old. That's you've you've got to be careful about putting too many expectations on her too quickly. Although she is a seed now at the French, which is huge for her. Uh, Caroline Pliskova is someone she got to the final in Rome, and yes, yeah, she got O and O'd by Sviatek, but she had to get to the final to get O and O'd by Sviatek in the final. So it's right. kind of a kind of have to look at it that way. It's like losing in the Super Bowl over and over. Well, you did have to get there, so. I, th- I I agree with that. There's really nobody that should have an issue, but in the semis, Iga Sviatek, I think, and you think, would probably be there. And that's unfortunate. Um, that's, that's kind of an unfortunate thing there for probably both of them, but also for the fans. I think we would want to see that in the final, but... I guess the matchup yeah. happening, if it were to happen, I guess it's good anyway. What do you see in Sviatek's draw, just looking at it? Because I don't think it's the toughest either. I mean, I feel she has a similar set of players that she has to beat that Ash Barty has to beat in terms of a young player like Maria Zachary and Sophia Kinnan, potentially. Or, and then... um in the fourth round, Muguruza, who has played really well in the past and can, she's proven to win 
slams in the past. So I still see her going to the semis and playing Barty. Yeah, we forget Muguru's a two-time major champion, um, even a few other finals, um, and really had a great start of the year, but has not quite been able to keep that going. But this this could be a tournament where she gets it going. Sviatek could have hell with that, but at the same time, we saw what hell Sviatek can give to other people. So I I don't. I think I'm not sure she'll dominate like she did last year, and I'm not sure anyone will ever dominate like that again. I mean, even the doll can't hardly dominate like that half the time. So I I think that'll be interesting. But you know, you talk about Sakari being Sakari and Kennen being possible quarterfinal opponents is where that is. Let's talk about Sophia Kennen, who's who who is uh, the defending finalist. And 2020 Aussie Open champion, she's still the number four seed here, but has not quite been the same in 2021. Fired her coach at the fired her coach a little bit ago, and seems to just be trying to find herself. I like her draw, but you noticed one very very early part that could be a problem. Yeah, she she does have to play Ostapenko. And seeing as Kinnan does not have momentum going into this tournament, and you mentioned it to me earlier that Ostapenko does have a little bit of momentum going into this. And first round pressure could get to Kinnan. Ostapenko has played well here before. Um, if she gets on a roll, she it could be a problem for Kinnan. I do think, though, if she gets past Ostapenko, that draw is pretty solid for her. Jessica Pagula in the third round. Not the toughest opponent, maybe on clay. Um, and then she'll be able to get to the fourth round, but then you play someone like Maria Zachary or Elise Mertens, who's actually always kind of been underrated. You, you've got someone like that that could play in the fourth round, but it'll be interesting for her. On the bottom half, Serena's in the bottom half, but I want to talk about Arania Sabalenka, our other favorite, probably the third in line, and she is the third seed. So I'm looking at that draw, and we talk about, yeah, in the top half, there's this player and this player and this player, right, for each of our favorites. And I don't quite see that with Sabalenka. Well, it's somewhat clear that the top half of the draw holds the two dominant players that we think will do the best in this tournament. But with how good Sabalenka has been playing, she could definitely make a run to the final. And her draw, while it's tough and there are tough players, she, I think she has the game that can get her through those tough matches and hopefully to a final against Barty or Shuyatek. I do agree with that. One interesting match could be against her countrywoman, Victoria Azarenka in the fourth round, if Azarenka plays well enough to get there. I think in the quarters, though, it's not even that tough. I mean, you do have Petra Kvitova, who she could play in the quarters. You have Serena Williams, who could go to the quarters. For me, though, with Serena, I don't see Serena doing that well. She did lose a second round in Parma um, in a small tournament. I don't really think this will be her best. Yes, she's the greatest of all time, but she hasn't played her best tennis always 
uh, lately, and at the same time, this is also her worst surface. For all for all 23 yes. major titles, it's kind of hard to say only three, but only three are at the French Open when you compare that to how many she has everywhere else. So this has always been her worst surface. This has never been the one that she was going to dominate on. So I, I don't really see her being an issue. That that could be Kerber then the quarters. I mean, there there's a lot of possibilities for Sabalenka, but I don't. I agree. I don't really see any of them being able to take her out too easily. And we've got Naomi Osaka down here, and there's been a lot of talk because she said she's not going to do press conferences. She will incur any fines that happen because of it. Um, it's been talked about all in the general sports media. So I'm not. We're not even going to touch it because there's really no point. Everyone else has. No. Yeah, you can go listen everywhere else and talk about it, right? Um, but Osaga, maybe if she was better on clay, would have the easier draw. I'm not sure how good she'll be on the clay, and her third round would be against Paula Bedosa, and I think Bedosa is a dark horse. And we're, we talked about it earlier; she could really make a run because Bedosa has been playing extremely well lately on the clay. She made the semis in Charleston a 500, beat Barty in the quarters there, beat Benchich in the second round, beat Benchich again, another top player, in the quarters of Madrid before losing to Barty. And then in Belgrade, just uh, last week, won her first title. So I think she can really figure it out. And she actually dominated in Belgrade. Pretty much dominate every match. I'm looking at it. It's like two and three, zero oh and four, one and two. I mean, it's two fifty yeah. event, but I mean, come on, it's not like yeah, I don't see everyone dominating a two fifty event. So she could really be the dark horse. And I don't know. If you, I'm thinking you'd agree with me. Look at that draw. Who is maybe better than her right now in that part of the draw? On clay, it's not Osaka, and. I agree with you that she'd probably be able to upset Osaka unless Osaka has really just trained hard over the past couple of weeks. But even then, she just doesn't have the confidence yet. And she can get it eventually, but she doesn't have the, the feel for Clay yet. And then you have Kiki Bertens, who isn't terrible on Clay. And that could be a tough match in the f- fourth round. But after that, I mean, really just leaves you with Andrescu if she's healthy. That's a key. Is she healthy? She did not play Madrid or Rome after Miami. Um, she did play in Strasbourg and won a couple matches, but then withdrew after citing um, a slight tear in the abdomen. So that could be, you know, kind of focusing on, you know, what the real prize is. It could also be, and it's probably a combination of both, it could be another injury again. And we've talked about this. Like She she needs to figure that out. But with Bedosa having the easy draw, that means Andrescu and Osaka have the easy draw too. It means that all these players here really have a chance and is a wide open, wide open bottom half really in general, but Sabalenka should have a solid hold on one of those spots in the semis. The other spot, it's wide open. Very similar Correct. to the men's draw, you know, the one, the part with Medvedev, that's going to be an interesting part, although Sitsipas hopefully will take that. I think if Sitsipas really loses before the semis, I think that's a disappointment. 
So let's close it out. Let's give your men's, let's give, we'll actually probably fill out brackets on tennisdrawchallenge.com. We found it. It's a really cool deal where you can fill out the draws of tennis tournaments. I think we're going to try to fill out a men's and women's bracket. But on here, there's no point to go through it all, right? So let's go the final four men and women. Start with the men. My final four, Djokovic versus Nadal. And then that third one's difficult. Alexander Zverev and Stefano Tsitsipas. And then I think in the final, Nadal and Tsitsipas, Nadal wins. What's yours, Sean? My final four, Djokovic and Nadal. And team and Sitsipas. Okay, then. So you are, you are sticking with team to get there. All right. I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to stick with him over Zverev. In the final, I'll have Nadal and Sitsipas. And then I think the champion will be pretty obvious from there. <laughs> and then Nadal. <laughs> yeah, no, no point in trying to overthink it or be different or any of that. There's really no, just no. Mm-hmm. All right, my final four on the women's. Ashley Barty, Igish Fiatek, as we talked about. We think they're the top two, so that really um that that really shouldn't be too much of an issue. Arena Sabalenka and the other one. And God, I mean, th- there's so many options you could pick for the other one. I I think I have to stick with Paula Bedosa. I, I I'm looking at the rest of it. I could pick pretty easily. I maybe could pick a Kiki Burton's. I could maybe say Osaka's going to figure it out. I could say Andrescu's going to figure it out. I just don't know. I don't know if Bedosa's going to be able to handle it, but um, she's about as good a choice as anyone in that part of the draw. Mm-hmm. And then in the final, I do think I think Sabalenko will overpower her. And then the big one, Barty or Sviatek, I think Sviatek's going to pull it out. I think she'll be able to do it. I I think it's good. I hope it's a good match. And then I do have, I have Sviatek taking it. I have Sviatek defending her title mm, and winning two titles by the age of 20 and making me feel worthless. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. I mean, I, I have similar picks. I'll have, um, I have Barty and Sviatek in the semis and then Sabalenka and Andrescu. I think I think she'll be healthy, hopefully, and I think she'll just be better than anyone in that bottom half of the second half. And then I think Sabalenka will beat Andrescu. I just I do think her uh, Andrescu's body might just not be prepared for that many matches. I think she can get to that point. I don't know if she can play such an elite player that deep into the tournament. And then especially on clay. Yeah, especially on clay. And then I'd take Ash Barty over Shriatek and Ash Barty over Sabalenka. All right, so we both think Sabalenka in the final. Um, none of us think she's going to win, so that's a shame. Um, yep. I feel like now that we picked that, Sabalenka's definitely going to win. It's it's going to be Correct. like uh, the NFL bracket that we did on Flags and Fouls where the Bucks won when we all had them losing in the divisional round, all four of us. And it's, it'll probably be like the NBA bracket. None of us pick the Jazz to win, which means they'll probably win it all. The Correct. Jazz are the Sixers. The two number one seeds didn't pick any of them, and they're going to make us pay. Or the Knicks will do it. We had them lose in the second round. They could do it. I mean, they can't, <laughs> but they could. They, be, they, they celebrate over winning a playoff game. Imagine if they won a title. 
be crazy. God, that'd be, that'd be absurd. This should be an interesting tournament. I mean, the men's, it's, you know, the race for second. And it's a race for a second, and then watching absolute domination in front of you that you still have to savor because we will never see it again. Then the women's <laughs> side. That's where we'll see some variety. And that is all we've got for the seventh episode of Making a Racket. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Making a Racket 3. Make sure you also subscribe to Flags and Fouls wherever you get your podcasts at Flags and Fouls on Twitter and Instagram. We got all kinds of stuff going on there, and we'll take a little bit of a break from making a racket, considering we're releasing this on a Saturday, a couple days early. For the French, we will be back Tuesday after the French, which is June 15th. We'll be back with the next episode. Make sure you tell a friend. Hopefully, they'll tell a friend. Leave us a review, and we're out.